Welcome to the Study His Word podcast, brought to you by Fear and the Faith, where we read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. The Bible is full of great wisdom and stories that we can use to better our Christ-like walk every day. Join us on our mission to get one million people to read the Bible cover to cover. Visit studyhisword.com for more info, resources we have available, upcoming projects, and events. Chapter 4, Opposition, Way of Rebuilding the Wall, the Gates and the Wall. Here we go. When Sam Ballard heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the armies of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their walls? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down their walls of stone. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back to their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their hearts. All right, you're on verse, uh, verse four, chapter four, verse six. So we rebuilt the wall till it was all of it, until all of it reached half its heights, for the people worked with all their hearts. But when Sanballat and Tobisha, the Arabs and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashad heard that the repair to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead, and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the walls. Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work, said the enemies. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, whatever you turn, they will attack us. Wherever we turn, they will attack us. Therefore... I stationed some of the people behind the lowest point of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officers, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, 
we all return to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers plotted themselves, posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. They, those who carried material, did their work with one hand and held the weapon in another. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the noble, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the walls. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when we went for water. Nehemiah helps the poor. Verse 5. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to grain to get grain during this famine. We are, we are. Still others were saying, we have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. We had to borrow the money to pay for our king's tax. Although we are the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and through though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved. But we have we are all powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. We're in verse 6, chapter 5. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and the officials. I told their nobles and the officials inside of Jerusalem, you are charging your own people interest. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have brought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. The nobles, and the kings, they kept quiet, not kings. But the nobles and the officials, they kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. So I continued, what do you do? What you are doing is not right. Shouldn't they walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending them people money and grain. But let us stop charging interest. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, oil groves and houses 
and also the interest you are charging them. 1% of the money green, new wine and olive oil? Hello. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priests and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and said, in this way, may God shake out of their houses and possessions anyone who does not keep this promise. So may such a person be shaken out and empty. At this, the whole assembly said, amen and praise the Lord. And the people did as they promised. Verse 14. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah until the 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governors. But the early governors, those preceding me, preceding me, preceding me, placed a heavy, heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them, in addition to food and wine. Their assistance also lorded it over the people. But out of the reverence of God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there of the work for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me, and every 10 days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. Chapter six. Shaking out the robes. Her Bible says it's a curse by shaking out the robe. Chapter six, further opposition to the rebuilding. When word came to Sandlot, Oh, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arabs, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sanballat and Geshman sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in the one of the villages on the plain of the Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Sandlot sent his aid to me with the same message and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written it is reported among the nations, and Geshma says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. 
and have even appointed prophets to make their this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. Nehemiah, I sent him back this reply. Nothing like what you were saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They are all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get weak, too weak for the work, and it will not be complete. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. One day, I went to the house of Shemesha, son of Delilah, the son of Mephetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple door because men are coming to kill you. By night, they are coming to kill you. But I said, should a man like me run away or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember, Tobiah and Sanballat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Nodahiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. Why this letter was unsealed, I'm just quickly going to go to. Um, a letter was usually written on a leather or piper sheet. Then the writer rolled it up, tied it with a string, and sealed it with clay. The seal had been broken to unroll the letter. A seal ensured that the letter was delivered unread. An unsealed letter meant that the Sandbalt wanted to make this letter public. In 6 3, uh, verse 6 13, Shemahiah tried to make Nehemiah sin. Now, Shemahiah tried to scare Nehemiah into entering the temple. They both knew that only priests were allowed to enter there. This would have been a sin. It also would have been a sin to give in to threats rather than trusting in God. And then the surrounding nations were afraid. It was a miracle that Nehemiah's team could build a wall that fast. Neighboring nations recognized this as a sign that God had a special relationship with the Jews. Right? And the opposition to the completed wall. Okay. Verse 16, we'll go on. Chapter 6, verse 16. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had begun with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah kept coming to them. For many in Judah were under the oath to him, since he was the son-in-law of Shekiah, son of Arah, and his son, Jehonhanah, was married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berkachiah. 
Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said. And Tobias sent a letter to intimidate me. Chapter 7. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeeper, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the of the citadel, 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 because he was the man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be open until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, they have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appointed residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at this, their post and some near their own houses. Okay. In verse 7, chapter 3, I mean, yeah, verse 7, chap, chapter 7, verse 3. Nehemiah waited to unlock the gates. Why did he do it? It was hot. Ordinarily, the city gates would have been opened each day at dawn when the sun started to come up. Nehemiah delayed the opening to prevent an enemy attack before the people of Jerusalem were fully awake and alert. You see that wisdom? Oh, I just love it. Okay. Um, verse five, four and five. And I'd like to just give you this information before we get going. God prompted Nehemiah to register all the people inside the gates. Yeah, Registering the people was a way for God to bring them together. Then they put family clans in control instead of city heads, removed impurity in the priesthood, and united to raise money. Okay? So this is really, really, really something. Um, and it was all the people that helped build the, build the wall. Yeah, the people. Registered the people. Registering the people was a way for God to bring them together. Then they put family clans in control instead of the city heads. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the list of exiles who returned. And we are now at verse 4. Chapter 7. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and officials and the common people for registering by families. <clears throat> I found the genealogy records of those who had been the first to return. This is what I found written there. These are the people of the provinces who came up from the captivity of the exiles from Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive. Remember, they were captive for 70 years. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own town, in company with Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, nah Nahamani, Mordecai, Bil Bilishan, Misprit, Bigavai, 
Nahum and Bana. Bana. The list of men of Israel, the descendants of Pharaoh, was 2,172. Of Shephes, 372. Of Ahab, 652. Of Fatah Moab, through the lines of Jesh, um, Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. Of Elama, 1,254. Of Zatu, 845. Of Zachakai, 760. Of Binnui, 648. Of Bebai, 628. Of Asgad, 2,322. Of Anukayim, 667. Of Bigavai, 2,067. Of Adin, 655. Of Aser, through Hezekiah, 98. Wow, Aser. Of Hashem, 329. Bezai, 324. Hafir, 112. Of Gibeon, 95. The men of Bethlehem and Nepho, um, Netophah, 188. Of Anthroth, 128. Of Beth Azimuth, 42. Of Kurt, Jerem, Kephire, and Beerthroth, 743 of Rama Geba, 621. Of the other, Elam, Elam, 1254. Of Hirim, 320. Of Jericho, 345. Of Lod Hadi and Ono, 721. Whoa, of Sena, 3930. The priest that came in, the descendants of Jidah through the family of Jeshua, 973. Of Emar, 1,052. Of Pashur, 1,247. Of Jeremy, 1,017. The Levites, the descendants of Jeshua through Kadamil, through the lines of Hodaviah. Hmm. 74, there were the musicians, 74. The descendants of Aspha, 148. The gatekeepers, they were descendants of Shalom, Ather, Telamon, Akuba, Katatai, and Shobai, 138. The temple servants, the descendants of Ziha, Hashpush, Tabitha, Kerosia, Pradon, Lebanon, Liban, Hegabah, Shelmai, Hana, Gira, Geshar, Risha, Rizin, Zekodah, Gazan, Uza, Pesha, Bisai, Nun, Nephis, Nephisum, Back Blue, Back Book, Hakapuha, Athir, Blazlu, Mishnah, Asher, Shah. Barzoka, Sister, Teshua, Zedha, and Hatapija, <laughs> the descendants of the servants of Solomon, hmm. the descendants of Sotai, Sophus, and Prisda, Prisda, Jezal, Dark, Darkon, Giddel, Sephirat, Hatil, 
Pokerath, Hazablide, and Amon, the temple servants of the descendants of the servants of Sol Solomon. The following came up from the towns of Telamal, Telharsha, Kirub, Adano, Adanon, and Irmir, but they could not show that their families were descendants of Israel. The descendants of Delia, Tobiah, and Nekodah was 642. And from among the priests, uh, I'm sorry, I left out the temple of servants and descendants of servants of Solomon. There were 392. And yeah, okay, let's move on right to the end here. And from the priests, this descendants of Hobahia, <laughs> Hascoas, and Brasilia, a man who married a daughter of Barzilia, the Gilidate, and was called by that name. These searches for family records, but they could not find them, and so were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. Wow, they were even registered. The governor therefore ordered them not to eat any of the most sacred food unclean until until they should be a priest ministering with the Urim and the Teshurim. The whole company numbered 42,360, 42,360, besides their 7,337 male and female slaves, and they also had 245 male and female singers. There were 736 horsemen, no, horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Wow. And in verse 7, some of the heads of the families contributed to the work. The governors gave to the treasury 1,000 dar darcies of gold, 50 bowls, and 530 garments of priests. For priests. <laughs> 530 garments for priests. Some of the heads of the families gave to the treasury for the work of 20,000 um, darcies of gold and 2,200 minas of silver. The total given by the rest of the people was 20,000 darcies of gold and 2,000 minas, all silver and 67 garments for priests. The priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the temple servants, along with certain of the people and the rest of the Israelites, settled in their own town. Wow, praise the Lord. Now, the priests that were disqualified, the requirements were very strict for priests to, main, to maintain purity of the priesthood. Anyone who could not prove by family records that he was eligible for priesthood would be considered unclean. But they didn't throw them out. They allowed them to work towards the priesthood. And once they got it, they were given back to the priesthood and they could be the priests of the towns. God prompted Nehemiah to register all people, and I did explain why, to bring them together. And the clans, and they put clan, family clans in control instead of the city heads, removing impurity in the priesthood and united to raise money. That concludes our reading for the day. Thanks for taking a little bit of your day to listen to the word. We hope today's message really spoke to you. Remember, you can find more resources, connect with us, or sign up to get weekly readings on our website. 
studyhisword.com. Until next time, God bless you and may his light shine upon you.